Welcome to Converge Coffee with Sean Sullivan. I'm here with Farzad Rashidi. He is the lead innovator at Respana, the link building outreach platform that helps businesses increase their organic traffic from Google. He previously ran the marketing efforts at Visme, where he helped the company gain over 18 million active users and pass 3.5 million monthly organic traffic searches. Farzad, thanks for being on the show. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. First off, um, kind of give background, I think, for the listeners. It's very interesting. Your team was awesome in the sense of just finding finding me and saying, hey, Sean, you've got a podcast. Um, or if, I think it was you in the sense of, like, we want you to be on. And I'm like, it's really cool in the sense of just seeing um, – you practice what you preach, your company practice what it preaches too. So I just wanted to kind of give a shout out to that. But I think more so of just kind of diving in of what Respana is. Um, and then why did you start it? Just to kind of give some background for the listeners. Thanks. Uh, first of all, I appreciate the kind words, John. We're a small team, so I'm, I'm sure our team who actually conducted the outreach is going to listen to this. But, uh, but yeah, so just to kind of give you a little backstory there, um, have you heard of our parent company before, uh, Visme? I have a little bit. I actually had to do a little bit of research. And so there is some background connection there. It just doesn't, it didn't resonate until I did a little bit of um, investigative research. Right. So for folks who haven't heard of it, it, it's basically a platform that lets businesses create any sort of visuals like uh, presentations, reports, et cetera. And uh, I, I was hired on as the first marketing hire uh, a few years ago, basically deciding on or, or putting together the acquisition strategy for the company from scratch. And as a bootstrap company, cash is always a, a, a restriction. So we basically, um, you know, investigated a few different ways. Obviously, first thing that pops you in mind, you're like, okay, let's go run some ads, right? And the problem with that, first of all, that... So it's a never-ending black hole. <laughs> and more you invest in it, and uh, it, it it basically is, is something that's very difficult to get a positive ROI on, uh, because we found that there's some diminishing returns. So once you sort of max out some of the low-hanging fruit uh, stuff, then it's very difficult to scale it from there without a significant investment. Uh, so we're like, all right, let's go do some cold outbound and and sales outreach. And the problem was our pair price point so cold outbound is great for enterprise software right that you go door to door start selling and you sell two a month and you're good to go right um but when we started visme at the time it was 15 dollars a month and it's not something that makes economic sense to high you know basically hire us-based salespeople and and do outreach of that sort so we're like all right let's basically sit down and and think about how our customer goes about purchasing um, our product. So say, Sean, you want to create a presentation or you want to create an infographic for this episode tomorrow um, and you don't already have a solution for it. How would you go about finding a, a potential solution or software to um, basically create that graphic? Oh, I would go and search What's the first step? Google search. Like that's the first Google thing. search. Yeah. There you go. So knowing that we, we had two answers Basically, one, our customers are aware of the problem they're solving. It's not a nice to have. Everybody needs to create some sort of graphic. And two, we knew where they were looking for it. They're actually going and Googling it and they're, they're searching for it online. 
So we're like, all right, instead of us uh, becoming a household name, which is very expensive playing, we have to go raise a ton of money and, and like go dilute ourselves. Let's instead start showing up in places where people who are looking for a software like ours would naturally find us. So what happened was we basically started writing a bunch of content and build a bunch of uh, landing pages and did all the good old keyword research and whatever you can think of when it comes to SEO. And guess what happened? It increased. You got more traffic, you got more relevant traffic, and you got the right keyword alignment around what people wanted. And you didn't have to spend a, a crap ton to get it. That's what we were hoping to happen. But unfortunately, it was absolutely crickets. Because <laughs> we put these pages up here, and then we just waited a few weeks. We were like, where are the customers? We thought that they're going to line up at the at the door. And <laughs> unfortunately, it was very discouraging because we were basically getting zero traffic, maybe one or two. One of them was myself and my mom, probably. <laughs> so uh, we're like, okay, how are we going to go about actually getting these pages up? Because when you go and look up, can you actually do me a favor, Sean? Can you just open a little incognito tab in your browser? And just go and Google one of our keywords, like presentation software. So you see how Google tells you how many search results it goes through uh, right underneath the search bar? Normally, it should be in the millions or in the billions. Mm -hmm. how, how many search results comes up for presentation software? Oh, 880 million, but it took 0.52 seconds to get there. Right, eight hundred. And Visme is the first thing that comes up. All right, perfect. So, eight hundred and eighty million search results. So we're like, okay, let's say we spent a lot of time creating the best of the best content, and we're in the top one percent when it comes to site speed, all the other technical things. And we're like, okay, we're in the top one percent. Perfect. Now, when there's eight hundred eighty million. <laughs> search results, if you're in the top 1%, you're still the eighth millionth uh, or uh, whatever 1% of that is, um, search uh, ranked. Uh, so basically, how do we get up in the searches, uh, get up in the top 10, which basically get over 99% of the clicks? And we're like, all right, let's uh, think about how Google works. And, and that, that requires a little bit of history lesson. But basically, long story short, the way these search engines prioritize content is not only based on what's on the page, it's also based on your reputation, based on your level of credibility. And the way they measure that objectively is based on how other relevant authoritative websites in your space are talking about you, actually actively mentioning you. So we're like, easy, right? So we're just gonna go and get other people to start talking about us. And then that will increase our own domain authority and helps our content pages to start ranking uh, to get rankings and it seems like that was a lot easier said than done so <laughs> what happened was we were basically manually find opportunities reaching out and we were duct taping a bunch of different tools and it was very unscalable in a way uh, that was basically uh, sync basically we was taking up a lot of our time and especially as a small team we had to sort of prioritize what exactly we were doing so we decided to build it uh, in-house, a, a software that would help us sort of streamline the whole process and cut the time it would take to go through the outreach process. So we built it. It worked ridiculously well. 
and we decided to release it as a standalone product. So that's a long version of the story of how Respawner came to be as a standalone product out of Esme. I mean, it's where your pain point is instead of, you know, if there's another resource out there to do it, you build it on your own. I mean, that, that shows that shows the true ingenuity of your team. Like, okay, we, we faced a problem. We either quit or we find something that we can build on our own. And so kind of the question out of that, you know, based upon building the standalone product of the iterations going through that, um, how did you identify the right, you know, acquisition or go to market you know, when you were building out the product, when you were kind of testing things with Visme? Was there any um, kind of initial learning lessons that you still are tried and true today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that all comes circle back to the, the buyer journey, right? And it's very significantly based on the, the company, based on the product and, you know, a variety of different factors like your pricing, your lifetime value, etc. So, for example, a couple of my friends, they started a, the apparel company, like they, they sell like custom T-shirts and whatnot. And they were like, hey, how do we get us get a start with our SEO? Can you help us like get our SEO up? And I was like, don't. This is not the right channel for you guys, right? Because this is not how your customers uh, purchase a product like that. Because uh, I don't normally go and Google, okay, what is the T-shirt I want to buy? I go to the department store or I see an ad somewhere or I see someone on TikTok, right? So go build relationships with TikTokers and and. Uh, run some Instagram ads or or do some influencer partnerships. That, that that's the type of um, uh, effort that works well with uh, like lifestyle products like that. On the other hand, you know, uh, I, one of my partner basically works at a as a company that sells like very uh, expensive hospital equipment. Like they sell MRI machines, and they're in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they exactly wanted to do the same thing. They were like, okay, how do we actually get customers to come to us? I'm like, this is just not how a product, that this is not how to buy a journey looks like for a product. You need to hire salespeople, go door to door and start selling. Um, and, and, and each person sells one or two of these each month, which is a quarter million dollars. That's great. And if you want to scale that, you just hire more people. <laughs> you take it over from there. Don't waste a second. So, so I actually advise against moving with that strategy for majority of companies that are out there. There's only a very small subset of cust- uh, or um, I would say of companies that this would be a right fit. And the two questions I always ask is one, are your customers aware of the problem you're solving or you're nice to have or you're something that gets added on to the workflow and they don't even know about it? And two, if they're aware of it, where are they searching for it? Uh, are they actually Googling it? And if so, then it means that it's almost idiotic for you not that that should be your main channel because that's how your customers acquire your product. And if not, then don't even waste your time worrying about it because this, there are better channels that you can invest your time and money on. Definitely. I think you, you hit on something else because I just um, been helping out um, a company go through this process too. It's like, what's your go to market? Uh, if you've got product alignment, you've got, they even reverse engineered and had the data around certain things when they're end buyers, but they didn't have the go to market fix within that. As well as you kind of hit upon something too is unit economics. Uh, mm-hmm. What's those little, like, what are those little um, cost? Um, predictability in the sense of like, should we actually be doing this? And you even like pr- prove this in Visme in the sense of like, 
should we do we have diminishing returns right when you said that i'm like okay unit economics we we we've got some you you've got some uh smart people on your team that's kind of that are figuring this stuff out another thing uh another question to kind of build out of this out of the buyer's journey and kind of customer experiences is how do you balance building authority while delivering great customer experiences and what i mean by that is like how do you reduce churn because as we're kind of moving into a state of you know a possible recession you know churn is churn is churn rate is very um on people's minds today and so how do you balance that you know that's a great question. It's a learning lesson. It's a learning process for us as well, Sean. We're not a know-it-all person every day. You know, we we have, we test hypotheses and fail. And so I'm happy to share at least a few things that have worked out and, and some some of the things that we failed at. And and hopefully that should be um, some lesson for folks that are listening. So when we started Respana, we were like, okay, this is a new product. Obviously, it wasn't as uh, like their onboarding flows and more, uh, whatnot weren't quite as uh, sophisticated as they are now. And you had to know exactly what to do before you get in. It wasn't quite as straightforward as it is today. And we knew that it was like, okay, if this is not a um, product like motion from the get-go, we probably need to you know, do some demos, uh, manually onboard, and do some hand-holding to get folks up and running. And it worked great. Uh, we started bringing on customers. They started getting lots of results. They started upgrading. And we we're like, awesome. Now let's move basically towards more of a product like motion where we're going to build these you know, fancy onboarding flows and uh, let people don't talk to anybody. Just go in there and figure things out on their own. And for about six months, the churn just went up significantly just because of these new customers that would come in that don't talk to anyone. And majority of the people that were coming to use our platform were newcomers. They, they hadn't done this before. This is the first time ever they're running an average campaign. And it had less to do with our tool sets because our software is very easy to use, right? So, you know, you can click a button and it takes care of everything for you. But Knowing exactly what strategies to pick based on your goals, based on your business, the messaging, what is it that you actually say, what incentives you offer. So all of these factors kind of go above the scope of just the platform. So the way I would look at it is kind of like the software itself is the knife, uh, but you still need a chef to make food, right? You need a recipe book and you need someone to show you how to make the food, right? <laughs> Otherwise, if you just have a knife and a bunch of ingredients, you don't know exactly what to do with them. So we actually, uh, something that we started doing uh, recently is to kind of uh, start pushing that onboarding more uh, to, to new customers and actually offer that manual help uh, because we found that that's something that's been a, a real, I would say, a, I wouldn't want to sell it a it might change in the future, but at least as things stand now, we found it that it's definitely worthwhile for us to sit down and, and do actual hand onboarding and hand holding in person uh, or via Zoom calls uh, versus just a chat or, or just a video or like an automated webinar. Um, and so that that was one thing that, that we learned the hard way uh, because it hurt us for, for a long time because we were kind of blaming it on onboarding flow. We were blaming it on our product and 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 what really was the key is actually that that human touch and an actual uh, i would say strategy session that that would really move the needle uh so yeah so that that's that's one thing i wanted to share 
I love that. And I was going to like go into like share your story, but you, you articulately depicted where, where the problem was, where the failure was, how did you improve it and how you moved forward from there. But you, you hit on something that's very important that a lot of companies um, with these major tech layoffs and everything that have gone through a lot of stuff is they sold the knife. So they sold the software like big companies, like a big CRM company or a big automation company. And they lost 30% or more in their revenue. Like they didn't gain that back because they didn't sell the professional services in order to get people of the right chefs with the right knives in order to utilize the systems because they, they sold something and the person's like, I don't know how to implement this or I don't have time to implement this. Right. And so you depicted a very um, learning lesson. You're still figuring things out, you're, but you're, you're reading the data in the sense of hypothesizing and taking a very scientific approach to it, which is awesome because a lot of companies are like, hey, let's just do it and then just sell stuff at quantity and then be done. And you're like, no, let's go through the process of what's the customer journey. And you're living what you're breathing. And you're also seeing this in not only your business, but you're seeing in friends' businesses. You're seeing it in your partner's business. You're living, you're basically working and living. It's intertwined. And so this gets to the next part of the episode is the last part is the about you. You know, work, hobby, and health. What drives you? What do you do to kind of recharge? You know, what can listeners um, depict from your, your learning lessons so that, um, they can level up too. Um, I, I mean, I could go a variety of directions here, but I mean, if you, if you ask it personally, one thing I like to do is to sort of stay away from technology because I am normally looking at my computer screen, um, 10, 12 hours a day. And it's something that, I found that it takes away from my creativity in a way, and I kind of fall into this trap of doing whatever other people are doing. And and I've seen, I, I basically practiced um, this and experimented with it, and I come up with a lot better ideas when I actually put away the computers. I don't, I've removed all the social media apps on my phone. So as soon as I'm at home or, or during the weekends, unless I open my laptop and actually I'm, I wanna catch up with some things an hour or two, uh, I have no interaction with any screens or any sort of uh, uh, digital device. There, we have a no phones or no screens in the bedroom policy. <laughs> Go on hikes a lot, um, and, and so yeah. So I feel like technology can be a great tool in making things happen, um, but at the same time, uh, human bodies aren't really built uh, to be constantly bombarded by information and distractions so um that that's one thing i've i've recently started getting better at and 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 it's and i've seen the effects in my sleep in my work um and and i highly recommend it because nowadays a lot of us sort of suffer from um i would say the the imposter syndrome and 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 lots of folks are dealing with adhd and all sorts of problems that come with it so yeah you know and that that's uh, that's one thing well farzad you very eloquently depicted um, in a very linear path too, in a very like bulleted path that I think it is going to be very digestible to people for and listeners to kind of get where you're coming from in the sense of like, hey, we started out with Vizme, couldn't get you know the traction and everything, you know, made a methodology, started a product-led company out of it with Respana, the manifestations from there, but you 
it, it might seem counterintuitive with your, your personally, but it, it, it does make sense in the sense of we're not hardwired to look at screens 24 <laughs> seven. Um, and you hit it a really good point in the sense of how do you level up and, and replenish your creativity while still, while still being very focused on the buyer's journey and you're, you're living and breathing it in the sense of you're seeing the traction that's coming from the Spana. And so I really thank you for this whole episode. And I, and I, I think the listeners are really going to enjoy this of going through and just, you know, the analogies with the, with the, the knife and the chef, like, I think that's going to hold true to a lot of people of how they're going to repivot, you know, into this year of what their, what their go-to-market approach is, what their buyer's journey approach is. So Farzad, thank you for so much for being on this episode. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Sean. And to all the Converge coffee drinkers out there, that's a wrap.